the most beautiful place in the world, where a Tar Heel blue sky blankets Murphy on its way to the Tennessee border. It's a long way from Raleigh and the Outer Banks, but we're living in Carolina too. In fact, you might call it Extreme Carolina. With more, here's Michael Borkman. Welcome, welcome everyone to Extreme Carolina, the show that focuses on great people with great stories who prove in their everyday lives that anything is possible. We strive to bring you relatable life lessons from interesting and inspiring people as they live out their purpose on this earth. Folks, get ready. It's time for some good news you can use. <laughs> and I tell you what, this is some seriously good news. This this young lady here is amazing, amazing. And I don't want to take up a whole bunch of time saying all of that. I want to introduce you all to her. Uh, she is so, so amazing. She is Florence Adu. And she is so, so talented. She is a Grenadian. Grenadian, excuse me, I'm sorry. American. Ghanaian. Ghanaian. Thanks, mm-hmm. excuse me. Uh, Ghanaian, American based Acrea. And uh, Ghanaian. And Brooklyn, New York. And she's the daughter of immigrants who came here back in their post uh, colonial Ghanaians, and they migrated in, in Colorado. But since then, she followed the example of her parents all the way from Africa, older to here, and she became so successful by going to various colleges and getting the education that you need to be able to move uh, ahead in this life. So, especially with the determination, passion that she had on top of that. So, with with that said, let's give uh, Florence amazing Extreme Carolina welcome and then bring her in today. Hello. Hi, Michael. Nice to, hey. nice to uh, virtually meet you and, and be on your program. <laughs> yes, it is a virtual meet, as uh, mm-hmm. we do these days a lot. <laughs> we yeah. And uh, so let's just dive right into it, Florence, so that we don't, we don't, we don't uh, blow a lot of our time that we have together. Um, mm-hmm. You, what made you want to migrate? and follow your parents i know it's important you know, a lot of times when, when our parents leave us we we don't want we don't want them to leave you <laughs> know we want to be with them so sure. what what made you say all right this is what i'm doing too sure 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 so just to give more context so my parents uh, migrated from ghana in the late 1960s so they were among the first um um, African Ghanaian migrants to Colorado. And so growing up there, it was a very interesting experience because my parents being first, they their thought was assimilation. So how do we make sure that our kids don't have any problems and how do we make sure that we are American as, mm-hmm. as, as American as we can be. Right. And so for them, a lot of that meant that they didn't teach us their mother tongue. And I think that was something that happened to um, certain, not a lot. I mean, a, a larger amount of immigrants to the U.S. from Africa than maybe from other countries, because right. you know Spanish speakers often do speak in the house. They right. they really hold their language very very dear to them. Mm-hmm. And other, even other, you know, it was kind of other Ghanaians later. So my my friends whose parents migrated maybe in the eighties, 
are more apt to maybe speak as well. So I think it was just the time that mm-hmm. required them to want to fit in. So by us not understanding, I mean, I understand more now and my sister understood more fluently because she's older than me mm-hmm. um, and not having that mother tongue. That's really what motivated me to want to go back. Um, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be able to pass that along to others and to, to really emphasize the fact that um, having that mother tongue really connects you to the place where you're from. Mm. And, and I know that's a difficult thing to grasp in some ways when you think about like the history of Black people in America ha- not having that at all. But even to the extent that now we recognize that all people come from Africa and all African peoples, all Black peoples come from Africa. So mm-hmm. there is a mother tongue to be had by all of us. Yep. Um, that's my motivation as well is to, you know, there's, there's a, there are a lot of movements now for people to return to Africa. Ghana had a huge in, you know, 2019 was the year of the return. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is how do we embrace our brothers and sisters globally to come back? And part of that is learning language. Mm. So, so that's why I, I decided I wanted to move back. That's what inspired founding, co-founding my company, mm. Leap Transmedia. Yep. And LEAP stands for Learning, Education, Arts, and People. And our focus is on, especially in our early days, Mm -hmm. it is um, educating early learners and mother tongue instruction. Mm. So, so yeah, that's that's how I decided. That's really, really cool, too. I like how you ended that with uh, sliding right in there to your company that you you uh, co-started. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I like the but right there that you didn't you didn't mention, but I, I want you to bring it up. You know, just give us a brief, brief answer on it. And that is the uh, the Ghanaians and Africans across the dysphoria. Did I say that right? Or diaspora? Diaspora. Mm-hmm. Ah, left the eye out. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, if you would kind of explain that, how that really flows, and how that encompasses every every that black. Um. Well, yeah. So, so basically, again, how how the the fact that Black people originated and originate from Africa and have found their ways across the globe by many means and many different times mm-hmm. has, has created the spirit of what is quote unquote the diaspora. So, it is the diaspora of peoples who are of a specific and in, in, in common origin throughout throughout the the world. Mm-hmm. So, so it's it's um. African black people in Brazil. It's black people in uh, Colombia. It's black people in the U.S. It's black people in Australia. Yeah, so everywhere. it's just mm-hmm. right. Exactly. That is that is what that is. It's our connecting piece. Like, but you know, and without having to know exactly where we're from, we know that we are all part of this. Right. That original origin. origin. Right. Right. That so that is so cool. Uh, and you know, you guys nurture the minds of those folks. And what I like, you target uh, the children to get them early on, but you do not, through leap, leave out just the families. I mean, you get them in there, and that way you cover it all. So uh, I, I love this leap. It, it is so so cool, and um, and and it hits right on uh, the the point of what is missing in our society today is that early early teaching so that once that kids are older 
when they're teenagers and going into life uh, on their own, then they'll have something, you know, a base that is not just all whacked out and crazy, but a real true and down to earth type of basis. And they can easily integrate into society. Mm-hmm. And, and then not to interrupt you, but I think where, where that is so critical is that particularly with literacy, um, when you are in a country where the native tongue is not necessarily the first language that everyone speaks, mm-hmm. but there's an assumption that, that, you know, because the, the business of, uh, the language of business is English, that there's a common and strong grasp of English mm-hmm. that really leaves people at a disadvantage because so many people in, in, in developing countries don't speak English. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't have a great grasp of it. And it's because the school system and the educators aren't educated in a way that bridges them from their mother tongue, which they learn from, you know, mm-hmm. the first tongue sure. into the education system. So what we found in, in, developing our, our work and our tools is that you have families that don't speak English at home because their parents aren't literate. Right. And then you have them going to a school that is teaching them English, but they have no reinforcement at home. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. And so then you, then you, you create a f- learning as a foreign, a totally foreign thing. It's not natural. It's not. And so there's this idea that, you know, so much of education is memorization and that's what it becomes. So it's mm-hmm. not in, it's not intuitive. And so that's what leaves people behind. So you have low literacy rates and low reading rates because mm. you didn't learn in your first tongue. You right. learned in a, a language that's foreign and you are struggling because you don't have constant reinforcement outside. Yeah. So that is the problem of the masses in most of the world. And mm. so that's what we're trying to address. Well, y'all guys are doing a great job too. And women, guys and gals. But uh, I tell you what, uh, we, uh, Florence, we come up on a break. Doggone it. I mean, we were flowing mm. so good, but we have to step aside just for a moment and give our sponsors an opportunity, jump in there and do what they do. And then, uh, but we'll be right back. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with Florence Ledoux. Tar Heel basketball, Cam's Panthers, Asheville's eclectic nightlife, and the Great Smoky Mountains. It belongs to us, too, out here in extreme Carolina. Once again, here's Michael Borkman. Be sure to visit our brand new website, michaelborkman.com, to access exclusive online content, including over 150 episodes of previous content for free. We are also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as Extreme Carolina. And lastly, if you don't want to miss an episode with our amazing guest, and trust me, you don't, you can now subscribe to our podcast and let the new episodes come to you automatically. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show Extreme Carolina. Uh, I tell you what, this has been an amazing, amazing uh, start to 21 uh, here with Florence. And uh, also, folks, don't forget that. Florence also has an amazing podcast that you can tune into and check her out and you can get more information about The Leap and other things. As a matter of fact, she is here in the U.S. She's not just with that. She also got a day job and and she is the managing director of Argo, a a do LLC. Can you tell us just a little bit about that, your, your day job? 
Sure, sure, sure. So yes, that pays the bills oh, cool. <laughs> until until we create a market that really is buying all this education content abroad. Yes. Yeah, so um, Argo Do is a it's a family enterprise. Basically, since as a since I was younger, my family has always had properties, and I've always been you know involved with you know managing rental properties, mm-hmm. managing our homes, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I guess the natural progression of my interest from sure. my my work, my mm-hmm. background is in economic development, and so that is necessarily real estate and properties. And so, in that work, I just created a, a niche for myself and kind of understanding the technical aspects of construction and project management. And so that's what I do. Mm. I work with individuals and businesses managing our own properties as well as others to um, see their vision of real estate come to fruition. Um, here in New York, my, my work, um, I, you know, done a lot with commercial and I used to sure. work for the city's economic development corporation. I now have my own consultancy and most of my clients are charter schools currently. Mm. Yeah. So I work, you know, it kind of brings the education piece full circle. Mm-hmm. So I work with them to identify real estate, to structure the team, structure financing as necessary, and then see it on through training um, the facility staff to be able to manage the property. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of capacity building and actual technical um, technical work. That is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, and that technical work, I mean, even though you uh, we're at the knees of your parents learning things in the term of that uh, management property company. But you also, you, you got educated in college. You mm-hmm. you went to, um, I think it was New York University, uh, as well as Stanford. Is that correct? Sure, yeah. I did my graduate studies at New York University. I went to the Wagner School of Public Service, mm-hmm. and that's where I studied um, economics and um, urban urban policy and economics mm-hmm. that's what i focused on and then undergrad i yes went to stanford i was a varsity track athlete um, triple jump was my was my sport and <laughs> i also yeah i also um majored in industrial engineering so management science and engineering is what it is now mm-hmm. um so that that really and and i tell people like oh aren't you an engineer it's like i mean life my life and life in general is all about engineering. Yeah. So I really feel, I really see and put that degree to work um, all the time. Yes, you do. I can see how that would uh, uh, migrate into uh, what you do. I mean, mm-hmm. almost seamlessly, you know, based on mm-hmm. uh, your background in education. And uh, you guys are super duper successful. I tell you what, um, uh, the folks who are listening to this show, and I know there are some, some ladies, some young ladies, as well as uh, more mature ladies uh, listening to this show, and they can see that you can be successful and you can do it on your own without having a man tell you, okay, I'll make the money, this is how you do it. Uh, so, <laughs> so I love yes, it. that's very true. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fantastic. I'm going to send one, make sure my daughter's here in there. But, anyways, you, uh, what I want to get to now, and golly, I'm going so fast. But I, I, I just cannot wait to get to some of these questions that really, really uncovers or dig in about you. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and one of the things is, uh, as a social entrepreneur, and can you tell us about a time that you fail? You know, of course, if we can keep it kind of short, because I, I got a couple other questions. A time that mm-hmm. you failed, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I will say that, you know, I think the journey of a social entrepreneur is wrought with failure, basically, because you're you're dealing with things that are 
part of an institu- institutional institutional challenge, institutional failures that you're trying to address, mm-hmm. and you hope your solutions work, and and sometimes they do. But getting to those the powers that be to to be able to understand yeah. that is sometimes a challenge. So so I just say I face failure every day, every day that I don't um, succeed on a pitch with the potential funder, or you know succeed on a proposal mm-hmm. you know it's it's constant so i think that um i basically just learned to pivot and right. and be adaptable yeah. in many ways you, you know go. keeping the vision in place but being adaptable working harder digging in making you know creating my own sources of funding mm-hmm. um and being able to maneuver outside of partnerships that are you know often fail right. so you know it's not always necessary yeah. to to be in some some partnerships because oftentimes i found myself missing myself mm. missing, missing my vision mm-hmm. and missing what i came to the table with there because you, you know i end up in a partnership that isn't productive mm-hmm. not compatible and uh, just mm-hmm. different yoke i mean yoke differently i i love yeah. that i get that and uh, that's so cool you know what you know you're learning basically but what you just said is bend bent uh detach and cry i mean <laughs> that's so strong i like that yeah and yeah. uh so uh man we can get away from it. but and but i also want that's just this is a great question i, I love it and uh, of course these are softball questions y'all i mean she's already answered most of it and uh, mm-hmm. one of them is what book have you read recently that had the biggest impact on you and why and try not to give us your whole library (laughs) (laughs) um okay well i'll I'll choose one i'm i'm an avid reader so i'm always reading there you go um and i guess in the last year or so i've read Mm -hmm. um one of I'm a big science fiction fan, and mm. um, Octavia Butler is one of my favorites. Ah. She's a favorite of many many black girls. Mm-hmm. And I read the, one of part of a trilogy. It's called Imago, mm. and so Imago is the second book in um, in a trilogy, right. um, second or third in a trilogy about a, it's um, the emergence of a mm-hmm. alien and human society. Mm. So. The Earth has just self-destructed ultimately, based on our 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 hate Ooh, for each other. Ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah, and and we've been you know colonized by aliens that have a much higher sense, different <laughs> yeah. higher sense, yeah. but but still flawed, yeah. but still flawed. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think the the learning in that is that um, all existence must evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, all existence. That's right. And so that's 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 what I, I've learned and embraced on an everyday basis. All existence must be Wow. Okay, well, we'll have to get that. We we got to make sure we put that in the show notes. And because uh, mm-hmm. I like that. You, you you gave me some other books that you read, but uh, this mm-hmm. is great that you said that one because I really liked it. And we'll put the name of that and give us the name of it again, please, so we get it in the show notes. Yeah, it's Imago, and the trilogy is the um, Adulthood Rights Trilogy, mm-hmm. I think. No, 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 that's the last one. Yeah. Um, but it's Dawn, Imago, and Adulthood Rights, mm-hmm. and so that's the, the trilogy right. by, by Octavia Butler. Octav- everything Octavia Butler. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. we will definitely get that in the show notes. Man, we're coming up on, the, uh, up, up on the end of the show. I am so, so sorry that we, we're there. We're we just getting started. 
And uh, yeah. but uh, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, because some people's uh, attention span is real short, so we have to keep it short. Because we, sure. <laughs> but I understand. But we want <laughs> to give them something to want to come back to to hear from, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is uh, um, what we like to do really, really fast. And this is the only one we got left. It's sort of short, and that is this: What is something about you that surprises people? um well i'm a bit of a loner that seems a little bit uh surprising but i think more so is that i would love to drive in a grand (laughs) wow does that mean you want them speed demons on the road (laughs) well i'm I'm actually a very good driver and i'm not a speed demon i don't have i've always had like my first car in college i wouldn't say college but Ooh. i've i've always had sporty cars yeah basically so i know how to handle Power. car and speed yes. yeah and so i'd love to to drive in a grand prix and not only you know the the circle of them but more of like the monte carlo grand prix yeah. where you're actually in the countryside right. and, and you're on this road exactly. race and you just get to go fast mm-hmm. and walk slow down kind of yeah break yeah i got yeah. that's why you call it the grand prix uh, it is a wonderful, yeah. wonderful race i tell you what we totally totally have ran out of time here uh but but, but okay. here's a question can mm-hmm. we ask you to invite you back to the show would you be willing to do that give us a part two on this um, sure. No problem. Awesome. I don't have any problem Fantastic, with that. Because yeah. I know the folks want to hear from you. So I tell you what, we, but we got to get out of here now. But y'all heard of folks. He's coming back. So stay tuned to Extreme Carolina and also stay tuned to her uh, podcast that she does, which, which sure. we will put in the show notes as well. And just go to sure. com, and you will see her as well as all of the things that she's doing. So, yeah. So, anyway, thank and, you again. We appreciate you being here today. And uh, okay. we're going to get. Thank you for well, having it's me. It's our pleasure. Ultimately, Extreme Carolina mm-hmm. is committed to you, our listeners, to bring you leaders and newsmakers such as Florence Adu that are passionate and purpose driven and making a difference by listening to their stories. Uh, Extreme Carolina listeners will have the opportunity to refuel and reconnect. Now, quote of the week, here we go, drum roll. And this is it, folks. We all get hung up and want to chase our dream job. Well, worry about what (laughs) what we should do. Those are two things we do. But now, in reality, those questions can only be discovered once we look inward to understand the way we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Once you know who, I promise you, the what becomes almost simple. (laughs) There you go. Somebody sent me that one, and I don't know the author, but uh, to give them credit. But anyway, thank you all for being here today. We appreciate it. We thank you. Florence for being here with us, taking her precious time to come with us. And uh, thank you folks so much for listening in. And we really, really appreciate you. God bless you all. Peace. We out.